Welcome back to another episode of the RAG Report podcast, my daily bulletin show where I bring to you recruitment owners, suppliers, advisors, investors who are prepared to give up their time to talk about what they see is happening in the market today and how we might be able to navigate through this pandemic a little bit, uh, a little bit better. Today, I'm joined by Steve Barnhurst. Steve is the commercial director at Volcanic. Volcanic are the leading website platform for recruitment businesses globally. Um, and a little bit like myself, Steve's got a big network. He's, he's ex-Broadbean as well. And he's going he's gonna to have had a lot of uh, a kind of bird's eye view on the industry over the last month or so. And we'll be able to offer some insights into what he's seen and what he thinks is happening moving forward. Before we get into the show, a message from our sponsor, Rise Recruitment Ventures. The guys at Rise are a brand new recruitment investment business who are looking to partner with startups and early stage recruitment brands who want to capitalize on the bounce back and become a leading name in their sector. So the guys themselves, John and Alex, they scaled a business from startup to exit of 20 million valuation in 10 years. And they want to do that again with people that are up for it. So they're looking for the top 10% of recruitment owners, the guys that have got a Big, big aspiration, but need the support, the foundations, potentially the capital to make it happen. If you want to find out if you're the right person to work with these guys, get in touch at www.riserv.co.uk. Now, back to the show. Steve, welcome to the RAG Report. Thanks, Sean. Nice to be here. Yeah, always good to have you on, mate. I think the uh, the connection sounded a bit wobbly there. So if you, if you yeah. struggle with me, let me know. But uh, in true RAG Report daily fashion, we'll just kick on. Um, Steve. Yeah. I, uh, I've spoke to you already a couple of times over this period, but for the, for the sake of my listeners, uh, the first question I'm going to ask you, mate, is what the hell is your life like right now? Interesting is probably the, the best way to put it. Um, it's been busier than I expected it to be. Um, there's, it's been ever-changing, literally day by day by day. Um, in a period where... Everything suggests it's going to be quieter. I think I've been on more calls, more meetings, um, more initiatives, more campaigns um, with my teams and wider teams across the business, just looking at what we can do and, and how we can adapt to, to ultimately what we're being faced with right now. So um, I guess from, from my point of view, I found it quite a fascinating period of time, if I'm being brutally honest. Um, just seeing and watching how we've adapted, but also how the market's trying to adapt at the same time. So yeah, very busy is the overarching response, Sean. How many customers around the world have Volcanic got now? Um, so we power over around about 2,000 sites wow. in pure recruitment industry. And we go from the gentleman that you kindly introduced us to earlier on in the week, yeah. say so your one-man entrepreneurial startups, right the way through to Reed's man powers at the top end and ultimately everything in between. Right, so you've got a really good viewpoint on what's going on. So let's go back, Steve. Tell us, what was it like in, in the, the world of Volcanic when the news hit? Um, yeah, it was, I suppose, like everyone, it, was, um, it hit so quick and so hard that you know, nobody really saw it coming. You know, we thought we'd be okay. You know, we were, we're a big business. We were established. As you said, we were leaders in terms of what we were doing. We had a strong client base. And you never think these things are going to touch you in the way in which they do until that time happens. So, and then it happened really, really quickly. And I think from my point of view in the marketplace, what we saw or what we experienced was, I guess, abject panic, right? For two weeks, you know, certainly the recruitment industry, you know, we're a very, very fast moving industry. I've worked in it all my life. I've been a recruiter, I've run recruitment agencies now on the supplier side. 
you know, and I, I love the industry through and through. I'm very passionate about it. And, you know, it amazes me how quick we are to respond. But, you know, those first couple of weeks, you know, things move so quickly. You know, people made changes almost instantaneously. It was, it was incredible. Um, and then what we saw probably the next couple of weeks was a little bit of a calming of that. Uh, not straight away, but I think certainly over the last couple of weeks, we've seen people sort of settle into this new sort of rhythm of work and, you know, this new way of operating. And people are becoming a little bit more accustomed to it. But yes, yeah, certainly at the outset, you know, things just changed dramatically. Um, and it was, it was, but you, you had to work hard to keep up, right? With all of the customer conversations, the new prospect conversation, but also the internal conversations, you know, the, the sales team that I manage and the wider teams that I work with, they were facing as many challenges as obviously our clients and their customers were. So, you know, how do you keep those people engaged? How do you keep them motivated? How do you keep them safe? Um, whilst you're trying to sort of do business as well. So yeah, it was uh, spinning plates. It was tough. Well, um, no, I, I can imagine. The one thing I would say, though, about your solution, um, yeah. it's a bit like a CRM, right? I feel like your website is something that is almost, it's core of your business. It's not a, there's no one who launched, I mean, you get the odd, odd, like, punchy one-man bands who don't have a website. Yeah. And I spoke to one last week who's been going for like four years and hasn't had a website. He reckons, I mean, he's profitable, so if, if he's telling the truth, fair play. Um, but majority... <laughs> Yeah, you, you, I do know another guy who, who operated out of a black book for the first year um, without a CRM. I think he had a website, he didn't have a CRM. He literally just wrote in a black book. Like, it had to be black, couldn't have been another book. Um, but for, I guess, what sort of conversations have people been approaching you guys with? Because are they really going to call up and try and turn their website off? Like, I can't imagine that's going to happen no matter what happens. Um, we've had, look, we've had various conversations. You know, people have been asking for help, and I get that. Like, you know, it, depending on the size of the business, depending on the market you operate in, um, you know, everybody's going to look at their, their costs and try and manage those accordingly. And, you know, one of the surveys we ran during those first few weeks was how a significant percentage of the market was obviously looking to, to manage costs as best they can. Um, but you're right. You know, why would you want to take down your shop window? Right. It would be absolutely crazy to do that. If you take that on a step further, when you're not in the office itself and it's potentially maybe in those first few days, few weeks, it was harder for your customers, clients to get hold of you. You needed that resource to be there. You needed that to be that, that sort of um, the face of your business to communicate what you were doing, how you were doing, how you were changing. Um, and that's why we, we spent a lot of time with customers who asked for it, throwing up extra pages to help manage their COVID response. You know, we were putting banners on websites for certain clients. So they were saying, look, this is what we're doing. Um, to actually help you guys through this process. This is how you can get hold of us. But for me, I think, you know, the web platform probably became more powerful um, at that moment in time as a way to reach your audience than ever before. Um, and I think what we'll also see as people sort of move out of this environment, and this isn't a sort of reflection of the job boards, obviously having come in from that world, but people would likely and i think they should do obviously i'm a bit biased but i think they should really invest in their personal brand obviously to your point that's your world they should really invest in the website um so that maybe they don't have to invest as much with some of the job boards right you know we know there's going to be an influx of candidates on the market attractions potentially going to be easier um so yeah i, I can't see why anybody would almost want to completely shut shop unless they obviously have to and take the website down it would be crazy to do that but there are, i imagine yeah like, like you just said there'd be a lot of people wanting to know if your you guys would rally together and, and produce some new things for them. Like we had to literally rip up 
campaign yeah. after campaign after campaign because it felt a little bit redundant, some of the things we were talking about, right? Which for me, I mean, I was just grateful that clients are still wanting to invest in, in marketing. Yeah. So I was like, we're, we're going to do it. We're over-servicing everywhere we can. We've got to do what we need to do. And it was, but it, was, it was actually good fun, if anything. I mean, we rolled our sleeves up. We came up with some amazing events and webinars and podcasts and all these things that were digital. Um, so it was, I guess it was the same feeling for you guys. It was just get stuck in. I mean, I think we've done, we've done more marketing in the last month than we've probably done in the last six months. Yeah. You know, we've done more webinars than we've probably ever done before. We, we've sort of built out more initiatives, more campaigns than we've ever done. And, and it's been almost a, a really healthy exercise to look at the business in such a granular way to think, what could we do? What should we do? How differently we had to change dramatically because we couldn't call and speak to people. So we actually made a significant shift to doing our business development, if you like, on video. We invested in technology ourselves that allowed us to send personalized videos to prospects, but also to existing clients. Yeah. So they could watch it in their time or in, in their way. And so, you know, from our point of view, actually some of the things have proved to work very well and we'll continue to do that as we move forwards. Um, so I think the way in which we work will have changed as well um, for the better and for the long term. How did the team at Volcanic cope internally with the change? Um, some better than others. Right. You know, there's there's some big sales characters there um, and some of them just love being out. Right. You know, they're there's they're salespeople at heart and some of them love getting out to see clients. They love getting out to meet other partners. They like the networking. You know, they like the events. And you know, that was all stripped away from them literally in a heartbeat. And, um, you know, I think to begin with, it was like, oh, this is this is OK. And then as it's gone on, you know, you can start to see it you know, a little bit of friction creeping in and the guys, you know, desperate to sort of get back into the office environment, you know, have that little bit of interaction, that little bit of banter. Um, but we've worked really hard to build out a, a really strong rhythm of work. Um, so, you know, we've mapped out literally every week of every month what meetings we have at which point, um, just to make sure we've got a regular cadence of communication. You know, we, we know what we're doing, when we're doing it. Um, we're setting ourselves very mini goals along the way just to sort of make sure we're accountable. Um, yeah. you know, we've got our, our targets, obviously, that we would work to anyway. Um, we've broken them down into the smallest amount just so that we can keep on track. So, you know, it's almost like Al Pacino on any given Sunday, right? It's inch by inch, play by play, find our way back out of the hell, really, at the moment, mate. That's what we're trying to do. Have, um, you, seen the, uh, have you seen the Last Dance documentary by, about Michael Jordan on Netflix? I haven't actually. No, oh, I think well, I've you want to watch. Apart from that, mate, you need to watch it. It's it's about there's four or five episodes, maybe six episodes, been released today on Netflix. It's a story of the Chicago Bulls. Okay. So it's the, the Al Pacino piece, but on steroids in real life, and it's the story of Michael Jordan and how he took the Bulls from this kind of underperforming team to two the the best in the world. The whole world is is America, right? Um, but. Um, Kind of what you just said there, it's like watching that, I'm like, that's the kind of attitude I've tried to have. And I think in this whole pandemic has been, we can't have a day off. We can't have a, we can't have a poor, poor performance. We have to be the best we could, we've ever been. Like in a normal market, you can get away with some mediocre stuff, but you, you just can't get away with it right now. Because every, every penny someone's spending, every day they're investing, you know, it's counting for more than ever before. Yeah, everybody's got to chip in and do their bit, right? So, you know, if we've asked people to get involved in deals that they might not have usually been involved with based on size, doesn't matter. No. You know, we, we've come together as a team and said, look, this is the team number. This is the team objective. You know, collectively, we have to do our bit. Um, so rather than you focus on your, your number, 
you know, if you can help a deal, if you can help, you know, a demo, let's just put our company hat on and let's just make it work. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how we Steve, my listeners typically are the media, the small startups or the people that haven't even started yet. I've got lots of others as well, but the, the point of this show was always about educating the early stage businesses and the guys that were about to start. Um, what, what, the, I mean, if I was, if I was going to be, you know, like the guy I introduced you to this week, if I'm the early stage business, what are the typical questions you get asked by those smaller brands in the, in the early stages of the sales process? Um, I mean, bizarrely, they usually sort of try and pick our brains on what tech they should buy. You know, we have a relatively sort of agnostic position in the marketplace. You know, we get a lot of people sort of asking, you know, what they should do, um, how they should ultimately go about it. Obviously, the world in which we sit in terms of the website um, industries, you know, we get, well, how do I, how can I look um, professional? How can I compete? Uh, and I think that's a big part that we play with some of those smaller and mid-sized agencies you know we know it's at, well certainly was a very crowded marketplace depending on who you ask 30 40 000 recruitment agencies i think 70 percent of those are you know one to ten man users in terms of agencies so how can we compete against the bigger agencies how can we have a differentiator you know how can we sort of stand out and actually attract candidates you know a big part of what we do you know, people say, I want a good looking website. Well, good looking is totally subjective, right? What you might like, I may not, and vice versa. So we, we try and put the design aspect very much to the back end of our conversations. And, and our focus is around on attracting candidates, converting candidates, and helping these companies to make more money. You know, that, that's what we get up for in the mornings to help them do that. So we get a lot of questions around, well, you know, how can I attract consultants to the business? How can I attract, obviously, candidates? But also, how can I attract clients, which is you know, sometimes a very forgotten part of the web presence, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I completely agree. A quick interruption of the episode to bring to you a message from our second sponsor, which is Odro. Odro, as most of you probably know, is the world's most powerful all-in-one video interview platform for recruiters. Used by thousands of recruiters worldwide and with some of the industry's biggest names amongst its client base, Odro is a video interview platform. It was developed specifically to help agencies increase their revenues. The most innovative solution on the market, Odro's software helps recruiters to engage more talent, reduce time to hire, and most importantly, it helps you win business. You'll even get the ROI back from investing in Odro within just 45 days. It's designed to benefit everyone in the process, so from recruiters to clients to candidates, Odro's platform is improving the hiring process one interview at a time. We chose to partner with Odro because we felt like both brands, Hoxo and Odro, were in such a clear alignment in the way that we approach everything we do and how passionate we are about helping this industry grow. If you want to find out more about how Odro can help your agency transform its process and win more business, win exclusivity and drive revenue, then click the link on the podcast notes and every social post that goes out and they will, you will get a call back by one of the Odro guys. They're, they are awesome and I'm sure they'll be able to offer some amazing value to your business. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. We're now in a position where next week we're hearing about the news, right? We're hearing that there's, a, there's going to be hopefully a change in the, in, the, in the restrictions. And how do you think, well, I mean, this might be just your personal opinion or potentially based on the data you've got over at Volcanic, but what, how do you think the market's going to respond in the next four to eight weeks? It's difficult, right? You know, so we, we have an office over in Australia. Um, we've got an office over in um, Kuala Lumpur and they are starting to let people back into the office. 
certainly in KL, um, which is great, right? You know, a few sort of green shoots, a bit of optimism um, in that sense. So we, we have a few people back in the office um, this week in KL. We think that they'll all be allowed to go back into the office as of next week. Some of the shops are starting to open up out there. Um, I think as and when we get the news here, it will be a very much a phased response. I don't, you know, we categorize, I don't believe we'll, it'll all be everybody back in. I don't think everybody will want to go back in. Um, if you look at things that we've really got in place right now around social distancing, it would be madness to have 20, 30 recruiters all sat in an office next to each other. So will we have to phase it that we only have 10 of our 20 recruiters in our office far more spread out? Yeah. Um, and equally, you know, you and I discussed it earlier. I think, you know, what this whole situation has done, it's, it's forced us to work from home and find a way to be efficient. Um, it's forced companies who historically may have been a little bit hesitant to let people work from home, um, let them work from home. And they've had no other option but to do that. And it would have come to trust them, right? If we're going to be bold, you know, that's the reason working from home doesn't work. We don't trust people to get on and put a good shift in. Um, but if people have been functional, then... You know, people will think, well, I don't really want to travel, you know, an hour into London or wherever it may all be. I don't want to spend 1,500 quid, two grand a year on a train ticket. Um, I like my work-life balance. That's really good. You know, maybe companies might think, well, actually, we have become more efficient. Um, do I need such a big office? You know, could I actually have a smaller office and still be as functional? Um, so I think when we go back, I think it will be phased. But I think it will be a very, very different working environment. Um, We've done some work at our end recently um, with an external organization and they're talking about how companies, we've got used to selling remotely, okay? Companies have got used to buying with a sort of virtualized sales force and they may not want to go back to engaging with us in the way in which we did before, right? So it's all about us, it's about the client base. And you know, if I'm selling to somebody over Zoom, and we can do that in 20 minutes, half an hour, you know, when we do go back, whenever that is, are they really going to want me in their office for two hours? Right? Probably oh, not. Well, if right. they want to be in their office as well, don't it? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So like I say, it's very much a two way thing. We might want to all charge back into the office and get back to normal, but clients might think, well, I don't need your sales guys rocking up and taking an hour and a half of my time. Just jump on a Zoom call show me what you've got to show me and let's do it that way you know we, we did, did it. it we forced it into our process about 18 months ago it was about about january 19 and i was <laughs> sorry i remember in the in the q4 of 18 i was, I was fucking everywhere i was on the train all the time not so much a, 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 it was just around london but i felt like i was on the tube all the time and mm. and i was building this team that i never saw and i was Going to meetings and it was a bit pointless because I think, especially with with Hoxo in the in, in the last in the early few years, well, it's only a few years old, but in the, in the first few two years, majority of what I did was educate people. I felt like I went to meetings all day and people weren't intending to buy; they just wanted to know what I was talking about. And they were, so I, I fucking went on so many journeys that got me nowhere. I mean, they'll yeah. they'll all pay off somehow. But as soon as I went January nineteen, right, we're going to put Zoom in. We're going, to, we're going to force it. If people absolutely fundamentally need me to go and see them, I'll go. But there has to be a, like a mandate. And it's when Hisham worked with me. And I had Hisham in, in opening the sales conversation. I was closing it. And he was brilliant because he was like, yeah. So he just sat there all day and he was like, Sean only does video calls. And we, we kind of went from like 80% out on the road to like 20%. And it 
fucking hell. I mean, sales went up, productivity went up. I enjoyed it more. I got more time with the team. Um, but again, I don't think I like 100% of anything. I don't like stuck on video. I like to go and see the odd person. Do you know what I mean? It's crazy. Operation, right? It's you've got you've got to have a balance there. But I do think that clients, their their view of the world will change just as much as ours. And you know, they will want to be efficient, and they will think, well, we could buy from these companies. You know, when the crisis was on, and it was quite efficient. So, what's wrong with carrying on like that? So, I think it will change for both parties moving forward. So, I really do. And what I think what happened to all these people that are on furlough, and like, if you if you've got used to working a certain way, let's say you kept ten out of your thirty staff, you yeah. kept. You got used to working a certain way. The 10 people, are, you do trust them. Good point. Uh, you, you, you're not that bothered about your office as much as you were. What do you do with all these people that are, the government are going to kick back into the market? Do you think people will keep them or do you think it'll be a mass exodus? I think there'll be an element of that, right? You know, in, in any business, there's always people who end up get carried a little bit. You know, it's, it's tough to say, but they're just, oh, you know, it's, um, you know, I worked in recruitment for 10 years and there was good billers and there was weaker billers. Mm-hmm. And I think people will use this as an opportunity to, you know, trim their business accordingly, um, which is tough to say, right? But it's just a reality of the situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think we will see an element of that for sure. Um, I think you'll also see the flip side of it of some of those um, people who maybe felt their companies didn't manage the situation as well as they could. Um, you know, they will judge those employers um, based on how they were treated in the tough times as to how they react in the good times. And I think some people will choose to move on. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's a good, you know, it's a good point. There will be a lot of people potentially on the open market in the not too distant future, for sure. Have Volcanic managed to keep hold of the team? Every single one. Yeah. Every single one. Uh, and that's the same for our parent company as well. So yeah. the messaging at the outset was that, you know, we would realign, we would adapt and we would do everything humanly possible to say furloughing um, a single person or making any redundancies. And to date, um, that's absolutely been the case, uh, which has been amazing, really, when you know, the parent company holds two and a half thousand people. Yeah, it is amazing. So really, if you guys have got used to this new world with everyone, the, the impact will be minimal when, it goes, when, it, when things go back to normal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, I think there will be some change. Um, like I said, we have found a new way of working. Um, you know, we've done a lot of stuff internally, um, but also what it's, it's given us an opportunity to really look at the business. So, you know, we're doing a lot of internal training. We're doing a lot with um, our demo accounts, with our partner relationships, um, with our video content and bits and pieces like that. So, yeah, in the quieter moments, we're doing a lot of housekeeping and, and sort of preparing for that returning market. So, you know, the concept has been what does excellent look like? Um, and we've been trying to work towards that. So, you know, what does the best demo account look like? What does the best sales collateral look like? What do the best marketing campaigns look like? Uh, and we may not, you know, chip away and get all of those done, but that's the sort of mindset that we've got that we want to have, that when we come out of it, we've used the time wisely uh, and we're best placed to capitalise on it uh, and maybe even sort of recover some of the lost ground. I think that's what, we're, you know, that's what we're really aiming towards. How do you see the market recovering? How long do you think it'll take till we're back to a semi-normal business trading um, level you know uh, the reality is we are seeing some green shoots right already um, the conversations we've had in the last week 10 days have been very very different um, to the conversations even of two three weeks ago um, there seems to be a little bit more optimism out there in terms of um, some of the people we're speaking to obviously it's market specific you know it, it always is um, but we're seeing people talking about 
actually, yeah, I'm starting to get a little bit more dialogue with clients and, you know, I really want to be ready for that returning market. So I think we're a way out from that at the moment. If you look at the, the hard stats in terms of what really runs our industry, you know, job postings, job applications, they're all over the place at the moment. But in terms of the conversations we're having, you know, depending on market sector, some of those people are booming, right? They're, they're doing really, really well. I spoke to a guy, he was like, he almost apologized for the fact he had so many jobs he didn't know what to do. Was it healthcare or? Yeah, it was healthcare. Yeah. He was healthcare and IT. You know, people who've got, if you think about software developers, they can work anywhere in the world. You know, we've got devs in Mexico and Spain, right? You know, it doesn't matter. They don't need to be in an office. So people who are placing those types of individuals, you know, it makes no odds to them. So we've seen some stuff there. Interestingly, with the slightly larger organizations, and, um, you know, when they're really on their digital transformation journey, they are making sure they've got the best tech stack in place possible. Um, you know, they're probably working on the basis that some of the smaller companies are going to go by the wayside and they can, they can scoop up that market share. But you know, to your market sector, the guys that we're typically speaking to, the small, medium ones, I think if they can be brave, if they have got the financial backing to weather this storm, if you like, if they can get everything in place, then they really have a chance to maybe compete in those first few months the market does come back. You know, if they can get off the mark quickly, that's a chance to really differentiate themselves. And the worst thing you could do is wait for the market to return and then start thinking about it um, because you'll just lose so much time. You know, I spoke to, um, oh, sorry, there was an article recently about a recruiter recruiting in the US and this um, CEO basically saying to them, I'm not going to hire anybody for six months. Not interested, like blanket statement. And um, she went back to him and said, okay, I get that. I, you know, I understand where you're coming from. But, you know, the reality is it's going to take me probably a month to six weeks to find anyone for you. Um, it's, they're going to be on, on a month minimum notice period. And if we don't start for six months, then it's going to be nine months before your business hires their next person. And can you afford that? Right. And it's just, an in, yeah, it's just an interesting way to look at it, right? And, and I appreciate we're not going to start randomly recruiting people straight away. But from a recruitment agency's point of view, it's like, if we can, if we're financially strong enough to do it, let's make sure we've got everything in the right place so we can capitalize on that return in market and get a fast start. Um, and I think that's what we're trying to help some of the smaller agencies to do is, you know, we've got a couple of partner initiatives that we're working on that we're really hoping that we can launch at the right time. You know, we've got to be sympathetic to timing. But mm. I think as we really start to see the market pick up, we've got some campaigns we're going to throw into the market with another supplier that we really think could help some of these smaller agencies make a big impact. Interesting. So you've got, um, you've got a native integration. Is it with Bullhorn is the main integration? Yeah. You guys have? Yeah. Um, and then you, you will work with other CRMs and et cetera. Yeah. yeah we're owned by access, right. Who are, are, are a CRM providers. So, um, yeah, we obviously have an integration with those guys and we've also got the integration with, uh, with Bullhorn, um, and a couple of the smaller guys as well. Um, so yeah. what, what, is that the main reason you would say people should work with you guys? Is it because you've got it all figured out? You've got the tech for end to end, you know, the, you know how to navigate around a recruitment business and what they need. Yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's one of those things that we, we were chatting the other day, weren't we? And it's like, you know, if you just want a website and you just think I need to build it, get it done, get it finished, then we're not the right people to go with, right? You know, the platform is exclusively designed to, for the recruitment industry. 
right? And everybody that we've got understands the recruitment industry and what it takes to, you know, pick up jobs, pick up candidates, make placements, and the whole platform is governed towards achieving that. Um, and so I think, you know, that intimate knowledge of the industry combined with a platform that's really intuitive, right? I think that's, that's a really, really key thing because, you know, as you saw earlier in the week, you know, the vast majority of the contact management system is available to you guys. So you can just jump in, you can affect the changes, you can do whatever you need to do. And you don't have to come back to us and say, can you make a change? And we'd say, yes, we can, but it's going to cost you X. Yeah. You know, it's a true SaaS model. You pay for the platform. The fascinating thing from my point of view, still being relatively new to the business, is that, you know, the, the small one-man band agency sits on the same platform as Reed and Manpower. Mm. You know, so all of the security, all of the compliance, all of the architecture, it is as good as it can get in that sense. Um, and you couple that with uh, that intimate knowledge of the recruitment market, the fact the platform is designed exclusively for recruiting and the recruitment market. Yeah, you've, already, you just already, you've already thought a lot of the things through. You've already got the answers to the questions. The amount of times I get asked about you know, generic suppliers in all areas and you think by the time they've figured out what recruiters do, like you could already be moving forward. You could already be ahead of the game, um, which yeah. is part of it. Um, yeah. Steve, if someone does want to reach out, I'm sure you're open to a conversation, whether it is a sales or just an open chat about what's going on in the market. Honestly, yeah. I mean, obviously love to speak to anybody from sales point of view, of course I would. But flip side, you know, as I said, look, I, I was a recruiter for 10 years. Um, I did, I trained recruiters coming into the industry, God help them, uh, for about another couple of years. Um, I then went and ran a relatively large recruitment agency um, and any reason I mention that is I think it's given me, and I still to this very day, real empathy for what recruitment consultants have to do on a day-to-day -day basis. I know it's a tough job, right? But if you get it right and you do it well, you can make a massive difference to yourself financially, but to somebody else's life, right? You get them a great job. Um, from the CEO point of view, I held with the recruitment agency, I understand what it's like to look at tech, and buy tech, but also try and actually implement it in a business mm. and the challenges that go with it. So, you know, all of my life has been spent in this industry after I realized I was never going to make it as a golf professional, which came pretty early on in my career. Okay. Um, so um, if anyone wants to just talk tech, talk recruitment, you know, is looking at a bit of tech and wants a sort of, you know, impartial view on what it is, um, honestly, I happily have a chat with anyone. They can email me, s.barnhurst at volcanic.co.uk. Yeah. They can get me on LinkedIn. I'll tag you in all this as well. Yeah. My mobile number's on there. They can just give me a buzz, mate. They can just call the mobile. I'll speak to anyone at any time about anything if it helps them out. I really will do. Okay. Well, look, thank you so much, mate. Appreciate you being on. We'll get we'll get you guys back in um, on the on the podcast in the future when this settles down and see how how volcanic have have rose uh, again. Because uh, look, you to me, you're you you guys just stand out. It's always positive I hear on the market. So you're doing something right um guys thank you so much for listening i really appreciate you all listening every single day tuning in um you know that i asked for one thing and one thing only and that's that you share this episode with someone you know whether it be a colleague a boss even a competitor someone who will benefit from these stories this information that is helping us all come through this together um i'll be back again tomorrow in the meantime you stay safe and i'll see you soon this podcast is brought to you by hoxo media we are the world's number one inbound marketing agency exclusively focused on helping the recruitment industry. Myself and my business partner started the business in 2017, having been recruiters for seven years before. We felt that the recruitment industry back then needed to change and that marketing was going to play a huge role in the way that new and existing recruitment organizations 
won business and stood out in such a crowded marketplace. In three years, we've now worked with over 200 organizations around the world. We reach a huge audience with both this podcast and content online. And we have over 55 recruitment agencies right now we're managing the marketing for. So that involves strategy, content creation, distribution, systems process, and leads generated. Having been recruiters and marketeers, we can not only build your brand, but we're also able to connect it to your sales team and ensure that leads are generated as a result of marketing. There's a clear ROI that leads to sales activity. But we also understand recruitment businesses. That small businesses, medium-sized businesses, large businesses in all sectors, we understand you, we've done the job, and we can build campaigns that are super relevant to what you need as a business right now. We've also recently launched the Hoxo Academy, which is designed to help recruitment owners, recruiters and marketeers learn from the work that we do so that you can action some of this stuff in-house on your own. The Academy has been launched in May 2020 and has already had an amazing uh, response from the market and it's only going to grow one way. So if you're interested in either having Hoxo support you build your marketing as a, as a supplier that acts as part of your team or you want to be trained by us on how to do it yourself, then get in touch. Visit www.hoxomedia.com and register your interest on our homepage. We will then get back to you within 24 hours and arrange uh, an introductory call. Thanks again for listening to this show. Every single one of you means so much and we will see you again soon.